Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Las Vegas. Today you'll hear two of the very best in their professions. Also, you'll hear the first of a new regular feature, Luxury Living Vegas Style, with the star of Flipping Vegas, realtor Gady Madrano. Today features a special expanded edition of Your Vegas Insider with Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Scott takes an in-depth look at the perception of value, or rather the lack of value, in Las Vegas today. Later, you'll meet Eddie Osterlin, America's first master sommelier, in an engaging conversation that is the first of a two-part chat with Eddie O. Finally, today, another Vegas Art Minute with Brett Maley, the fine art expert of the TV series Pawn Stars. It's time now to visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. And today, we're going to do an expanded version of this to talk about one really special issue that's been coming up in Vegas. And I'm hearing it all the time, and I thought there's nobody better to talk about it with than Scott Robin. Scott, everyone is saying Vegas is at a crossroads, that it used to be considered a value vacation. But now there's, you know, they're charging for parking and there's resort fees. And you know all the thing, venue fees, right about it. Do you feel like that we're kind of at that kind of point and some of the, the city fathers and mothers are looking at this and saying uh, we better make some decisions yeah I, th- I think uh, if it depends on who you ask I think the casinos are definitely in denial about it uh, even the LVCVA the Convention and Visitors Authority have not addressed it in any real way but I am on Twitter all day and all night and I will tell you that the travel patterns, the behavior patterns of Las Vegas visitors have changed, and they've changed based upon a perception of value. Vegas has always been perceived as a value destination, as you said. It is now perceived as the place you go to be nickel and dimed. And I think people have always been willing to pay for an extraordinary experience, but what they are not, they have clearly stated they're not willing to pay for is things like parking that they've always gotten for free. It doesn't matter how many other cities have paid parking, it's not relevant because it's all about perception. They perceive that resort fees are a Vegas problem. There are resort fees at other resorts in the world. It truly doesn't matter. There are. Uh, uh, the other day I literally reported on, uh, there was a fee at an, uh, an Excalibur restaurant called uh, Dick's Last Resort. They started charging 75 cents for a glass of tap water and the internet freaked out. And it, what it does is there's a critical mass of the perception of get every penny out of me. It doesn't matter if I gamble. It doesn't matter if I spend money at another venue. I'm going to squeeze every single penny out of you that I can. And I absolutely believe that the results of uh, 
the the biggest casino companies in Las Vegas reflect that change in attitude. They blame it on events. They blame it on uh, seasonality. They blame it on a, uh, that there wasn't a, a big boxing match that given quarter. But I'm telling you that in in everyday real terms, it's like a live focus group on the internet and people are saying, I used to come to Vegas 10 times, I'm coming one time. That is huge and nobody at, at the highest level is, they're dabbling in it, but they're not really embracing this idea that they need to roll back paid parking, they need to look at all those fees, they need to manage their individual venues because with all the convenience fees, that's not a necessarily a, a casino thing, could be related to a certain theater, could be related to a restaurant, charging for tap water, it's that perception. And so somebody needs a lead to charge of, you know what, it's not free. Vegas isn't free, but it's never been free. But there's always been the perception of value. And I think that's going away. And I think you're going to see it in the overall visitation numbers until they get serious about looking at it. Well, I know some people honestly believe because of this that, oh, yeah, and they're sticking up our uh, gambling thing. Our odds aren't as good. We're not winning as much. And I think in a lot of cases, it might just be a strictly a perception. It's the same random odds. But when you get in that mindset, that maybe brings that on. Yep. Well, I, th I think that the gambling issue is a key element of this because uh, if you go to a casino on the strip and you put in your $20 and it's gone, you have no bonus, you have no return at all, th there's a frustration that happens. If it happens once, you're like, oh, I had a bad luck. Ten times, ten sessions later, you start to feel like the machines are tighter. The gambling experience is tighter. Uh, if you play blackjack, it's the six to five blackjack rather than the two to one. Like those subtle changes. One of the uh, kind of the worst things that's happened is a horrible game, roulette, not the best game in the world. They're now doing triple zero roulette and it's becoming more and more prevalent. There's probably six or eight casinos that have done it. I think everybody's gonna do it. And that's a situation where it's changed by 2%. Does that matter to a typical tourist? Not really, but it matters overall in terms of the perception of Vegas is you couldn't just have a game that was already, you know, slanted toward the house. You had to make it go from five and a quarter percent to seven of 7.5 percent or whatever it is. And that's purely perception and a perception problem. And it happens over and over in so many different situations. I'm a culprit because I'm the one who shares this stuff. I'm the one who shared the venue uh, fee at XS nightclub. I'm the one that shared the CNF charge at places like Hex and the Beer Garden. It's just a gratuitous fee that's just tacked onto your bill. So I'm perpetuating it, but I think it's over time, it's undeniable that that pattern is there. And it's, it is painful as a tourist to, to look at that stuff and go, what am I paying for? What am I, what am I getting in return? Because I understand if I pay for a fancy meal, I'm getting a fancy meal. But if I'm sitting at that slot machine and my money's just flying away, what am I getting? Well, and the sad part is, so let's say you play that slot machine, your money flies away, you go, I still want to play some more. I go over to use the ATM machine, and they're gouging you like no other part of the country is gouging you. So, it, it, and people have to ask, well, wait a minute, I'm trying to give them money, and they're charging me to get more money to give them. <laughs> but back in the day, so there, there's always this comparison to like back in the day. 
you know, credit, you could get credit more easily. The ATM fees were low. It, I think it's really a shift in the mentality of the casinos in that gambling used to pay for everything. So, it, again, it's all about the optics. The, your drinks weren't really free. Your show wasn't free. There, the parking was not free because gambling, uh, it was assumed that that would just compensate for everything. So, you, of course, you give somebody a $50 show ticket when they just spent $500. Over time, the, there are more uh, bean counters involved. And the bean counters are saying, look, you can give up that show ticket, but we're not seeing the, the gambling revenue to, to compensate for it. So now that ticket... It has to stand alone as a moneymaker or not. Um, there's a, there was a performer downtown at Golden Nugget, Gordy Brown. He was costing that casino $4 million a year. It was done because there was a relationship with the casino and they were giving these tickets out to customers, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're not doing that anymore. And casinos aren't doing that anymore. There's no loss leaders anymore, whether it's drinks or parking or anything else. You have to sustain your own uh, revenue. You have to make money on your own. Your buffet is exactly the same. That buffet has to earn its keep. That show has to earn its keep. So I think that's a major shift. And people aren't stupid. Consumers, visitors, guests are not stupid. And they're seeing those changes and they're noticing them, as you said, at every turn. At every interaction, there's a, you go to a show, convenience fee. If you, you know, so I sound like I'm complaining all day, but I'm complaining. I'm just reporting things that are actually happening. More with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, of VitalVegas.com, in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business but a real revenue-generating business, then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. The action is hot. The atmosphere cool. And the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com. 
Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally caught up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. We live in a peculiar age when digital relationships can exist in and of themselves. In our digital world, with a touch of fantastical dishonesty, we can be whomever we want. Artistically talented, beautiful, alluring, the elemental bait that leads to human connection. But being who we are, why would one side in such a relationship not want to reach out and touch the other? Perhaps starting with just a little research to find out more about her? Uh Uh-oh, maybe Digital Girl isn't real. And it is at just such a point that Catfish, a documentary about the perils of online relationshiping, becomes very interesting indeed. Nev Shulman, his brother Ariel, and friend Henry Joost are young digital entrepreneurs, never far from their cameras. As Nev's online Facebook relationship blossoms and then turns toward intrigue, the cameras keep rolling. Is anything real? Catfished was marketed as a mystery, but it is more than that. It is an important social commentary on our times. We are all figuring out how to live with social media, how it affects us and our interpersonal relationships. This one is funny, sad, and scary. It's an entertaining look into the human psyche bent by the world of today. A cautionary tale for the digital age. Catfish, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case. (laughs) Yeah. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to our good friend, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, spending an expanded session with us, discussing some of the new perceptions about Las Vegas these days, thanks in part to new costs. 
I think slots are tighter. I think when I go to certain places, there are places where I just know that was not a pleasant experience. There was no value. That's not entertainment. And uh, a lot of the discussion is happening around younger uh, people, millennials, that they're not gambling. Well, I don't of any age, if you're not having fun, why are you going to gamble? And millennials are so smart. They've got a game on their phone for money or not money, whatever. Like, why am I going to sit in front of this machine if I'm not getting value? So I, I think uh, it really speaks to that question about is Vegas at a turning point? And I think it is. Another layer of this that you did not ask about is Vegas is being confronted by the fact that gambling is everywhere. It used to have a monopoly. It used to have a monopoly on sports betting. It used to have a monopoly on gambling overall. Well, that is everywhere. The term in the business world is commoditization. It is a commodity that is in New Jersey, that's in California, it's on the, the uh, Indian reservations. It is, gambling is everywhere. And people tend to, uh, it's inertia, right? It's like, I'm, if I'm near, if I got a place to gamble near my house, it's not Vegas, but I don't have to travel to Vegas. And now, if you give me that extra reason of I'm getting nickel and dime, I'm going to that uh, casino on that reservation. So that's a huge aspect of this, too. There's a lot of different aspects. International travel has become more difficult. Um, there's uh, multiple factors, but a, a lot of that is tangibly going to affect the ability to Vegas, of Vegas casinos to make money and to expand and build new things. And that's always sad for me because I like shiny new things. Well, and let's talk about then what the possible solutions are. I mean, we can see while the numbers have been flat here in downtown Las Vegas, they managed to keep going up. And I think because people do sense a value there. And we have all these beautiful arenas, sports teams, entertainers coming there. Is that the way they're going to try to approach this stuff? And do you think it's going to make that, you know, all of a sudden this is going to become uh, a high-end Branson, Missouri. Oh, wow. Branson. I don't know too much about Branson, uh, so I can't draw any uh, parallels. But I think the uh, there is going to be a moment of reckoning. And I think it is already happening because uh, obviously these big companies are watching their bottom line. They're watching their earnings reports and their stock prices, and they have been hit hard. And I think they're going to be hit hard over the next six months as well devastating numbers in terms of uh, occupancy and room revenue because room prices are at free or next to free in, in a way that's never actually been true in Vegas. So they're, they're going to have this moment where they really have to think about what are we providing? What makes Vegas special? What, you know, Do we have to roll back some of these fees that we've rolled out? Uh, do we have to find other sources of revenue? They're, they're going to have to ask a lot of serious, serious questions, and they're going to have to think about it holistically, which is not happening at the moment. Every uh, casino company is saying, well, you know, we have these mitigating factors and we have these other, other things that are affecting uh, what's unfolding, but I think the city itself has to think about what, it, what is Vegas going to be and what is it going to offer? And, it, and is it that important? I know they're making a lot of money from some of these fees, but is it, is it that important when you're stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime? Because that's what's happening. Any predictions? Uh, leave us with some happy, happy thoughts that maybe we can look for in the next year or two. Well, I think people that like sports are going to be really happy. Uh, the Raiders are creating a lot of excitement. They don't have the best 
team at the moment. I'm not a sports expert, but it's not looking that good. Uh, the Vegas Knights obviously has had a huge amount of uh, support, mainly among locals. But uh, for for people that are into sports, I've heard rumors about a baseball team. I've heard, you know, there's uh, this new deal with the, the Las Vegas 51s and the Athletics. Is that a sports team? Uh, they're going to be the farm team for that. Uh, so I think it's a great time to be a sports person. Uh, it, it, there are a lot of concerns. Uh, we're supposed to stick to the positive stuff, but there's a lot of concerns that some of these venues that are being built, uh, the Sphere, the Orb, uh, the at the Venetian, there's the stadium, that there's not a lot of acts that can fill these venues. So that's also of concern. Uh, they, the uh, Another great bit of news is going to be the Las Vegas Convention Center, right? So that's presumably going to draw a new... Uh, kind of scale for conventions, Vegas is going to start being convention driven because that casual traveler maybe isn't as important to the casinos as that conventioneer who has a credit card and can spend whatever they want. Uh, the, the other bright side is that uh, I, th I think it has to do with the strong survive. And uh, so, so to me, that's good news is you weed out uh, if there's too, too much room inventory, the good places that provide value are going to survive. The others are going to have a struggle. It's going to be the same with entertainment as well. Um, so beyond sports, I, I got to say, I think they're, when the casinos do have this kind of vision adjustment, they're going to start realizing, hey, players will go to somewhere that has 100 times odds at craps. It's better than a two times, three times, five times. So I think that uh, some have already done it. Wynn has rolled back its parking policy. Uh, they had paid parking. They still do. But if you spend $50, you get your parking validated. So those kind of tests and those kind of adjustments are going to be made. And I say I think that's all positive. Thanks, Scott. You can hear Scott each week on Vegas Never Sleeps. And you can read his blog daily at VitalVegas.com. Time now to meet one of the giants in the world of wine. When they ask, who's a fool in the corner, crying, I say, a little old wine drink of me. Every now and then you're fortunate enough to meet a real superstar in a particular field. Imagine meeting Babe Ruth in the world of baseball or Neil Armstrong if you're gonna to talk to astronauts. Well, we have such a person with us today. You're gonna to meet wine sommelier Eddie Osterlund, master sommelier, the first one in the United States, mind you. Fascinating guy. He also has a great book that we'll talk more about a little later called Power Entertaining. And it's just a whole philosophy of how you can combine the great taste of wine, the, the finest wines, the finest foods, with selling a particular product or service. But we'll get into that. First, I want to ask Eddie, how did you get into this? Because, you know, you always want to find out how did that guy really do that first thing? So what made you get into the world of wines? Well, let me say it this way. First of all, I grew up in New Jersey, got a degree in psychology, and before I jumped on the treadmill of life to work until I'm 90 years old, me and a buddy said, hey, let's, let's go to California. So we went down to a travel agency, because back then that's how you did it. And we said, well, I got a one-way ticket to California. We'll get a summer job. We'll work our way back. And she looked at us, and she said, boys, because back then we were boys. She said, for another $95, you fellas could go to Honolulu. You know, all of a sudden, boom, we're in Waikiki, diamonds off to the side. So, you know, I, um, I decided I need to stay a little longer. And before I know it, the, the summer vaporized. Mom's calling, leaving a, machine, a message on my answering machine. Eddie, when are you coming home? 
So I fired back one conveniently for me at three o'clock in the morning so she wouldn't get it. And I said, Mom, I forgot to tell you. Geez, I, you know, I got myself into graduate school. I'm working on my master's, got a good job, bought a car, don't need to tap you and dad for any more dough. And, uh, you know, but as busy as I am, you gotta, uh, you gotta understand, Mom, I love you, goodbye. Hung up the phone, said to myself, okay, pal, now, now go make it happen. <laughs> You'll hear more from Master Sommelier Eddie Osterlin in just a few moments. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi on the Biz Talk Radio Network. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue-generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance Line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, Don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally caught up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor Chad, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. Oh. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The action is hot. The atmosphere cool. And the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Over 1,800 rooms. 70 lanes of bowling. An 18-screen movie theater. 8,000-seat arena. Fabulous dining. Virtual reality. A giant race and sports book. And the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Two blocks west of the Strip. Minutes from the airport. With rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com.
When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show, but Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case, (laughs) yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? Beauty is within... Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta-da! to. Ta-da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to America's First, Master Sommelier, Eddie Osterlund. So I go, okay, uh, I get myself into graduate school. Um, I undergrad major was psychology, so I, I majored in psychopharmacology, which in 1971 is a, was a very important course, a very popular course back then. Um, but I had to work at night. You got to work at night in Honolulu. You got about two options, bartending or you know, who gets the beef. So I flipped the coin. I said, I am a waiter. <laughs> Never done that before. So I got out of the Ilikai Hotel, which was the property at the time, and I interview, and I line my you-know-what off on the, on the interview. Been there, done that, and they went, that's great. We had a guy quit last night at our top French restaurant. You start tonight. I went, great. So I go up there, put that bow tie on. I'm running around literally t- telling people, did you order this? Have you seen that guy in training? Anyway, pretty soon I'm making money. I got enough money to buy the car, bought a Volkswagen Bug with a hatchback, which was great, because you could drop the surfboard right in there, you know? And I didn't, I didn't surf, but if you didn't have a board, you didn't meet any women, <laughs> you know? Things were just, you know, setting things up in protocol. So anyway, I'm living on my own, kicking back, going, I'm, I'm you know, making my own living, I'm going to grad school, and, you know, I'm having a time on my life, 23 years old. But one night, about 10 minutes to six before the restaurant opened up, I'm cleaning glassware and polishing knives and forks and getting anything ready. And the matron comes walking through the dining room and he's got this hardware, this chain and a tasting cup and a silver key that the sommelier, the French guy, Pierre, wore. He goes, Eddie, Pierre just called in sick, man. He hangs his chain on my neck, goes, you got to help me out. I said to the guy, don't do that to me. I drink beer. You know, it's like, I can't do that. And the guy says, it's simple. Red wine, you serve that with meat. White wine, it goes with fish. 
Anybody on the fence, go deep. Hit him with a rosé. Back then, the only rosés on the wine list were Lancers and Matus from Portugal. Anyway, that was my training program. So I went around the dining room, and, you know, and people would raise their hand and go, uh, sir, my wife's having scampi, and myself, I'm having the rack of lamb, medium rare. What would you suggest? You know, I'd pick up the wine list, I haven't even seen nothing before. I, I go, um, I might want to try this uh, 131 Chateau Belgraves. It's a Bordeaux, it's nice and fruity, and crisp, clean finish, $35. The guy said, well, if you, that's what you'd say, have it, bring it. I bring you a bottle over, pull a cork, pour some for him and the wife. They toast their glasses, and she smiles back at him, and he likes seeing a smile back from his wife, so he gives me $5. He said, excellent choice. And I'm going, sommelier, <laughs> you know? So all of a sudden, I've run around the room all night long. At the end of the night, I sit down and pull all this cash out of my pocket. And I said something like, holy, it's like there's more money on the table by me serving wine, and I don't know anything about it. How cool is that? <laughs> and then I said to myself, three or four days later, but what if you didn't know something about wine? What about that? So I, you know, I gave it some thought. You know, I would like to do something, and then... Something happened one night that I'll never forget. A guy was coming to Honolulu with his wife and family um, on vacation. His name was Henry Vandervoort, Henri Vandervoort. He owned Chateau Belgrave. And I wanted to meet the guy because I figured I got to learn something about wine. And, you know, he's French, but he lives in San Francisco. So, and he owns Chateau Belgrave. So I put his wine on the list. And I worked in a restaurant called the Trattoria, which is an Italian restaurant. We had Chianti, that's, that's, that's Chianti, Barbaresco, you know, no, no, you know, no fifth growth Bordeaux, you know, but I put it on a wine list because he was coming in. And we had a picture book, so his label right there. And then, because during the day I was running rats around mazes, you know, measuring their behavior. When I walked into the restaurant at night, the, the, rat, the people coming in were like big rats. It was an extension of the laboratory. So watch this. That night he was coming in at eight o'clock with his family, and at six o'clock when the doors opened, Everybody coming in and sat down and said, we'd like to see the wine steward. I'd walk over and the guy would say, uh, my wife's having a saltamboca. What would you recommend? I said, have you ever had Chateau Belgrave? And the guy would say, is that Italian? I go, no, it's not. It's French. But no, we're looking for some Chianti or something like that. I said, we only have about seven bottles of the 1966 left. You really might want to consider that. Nah, we're anything. I said, tell you what, I'll bring you a sample. Would you like to have a sample of this, you know? I did whatever it took to sell somebody a bottle at the Belgrave, okay? So when Henri Vanderwehr walks into this Italian restaurant, there's 19 tables with, with his bottle and his label aimed at him. Can you imagine what this guy did? He walks in, he goes, Twilight Zone. What, what's going on here? He said, who's responsible for that? And the waiter goes, that guy Eddie over there. So he called me over and he said, uh, young man, why, why did you do that? <laughs> and I said, well, I wanted to get your attention. He goes, well, you sure you, you got it? <laughs> and he said, would you sit down with me after dinner and we'll talk? Sure. So when 11 o'clock at night, I'm sitting with him talking. And after about a half an hour talking with him, he says, you know, I think you're way more interested in wine uh, than psychology. If I were you, young man, I would go to the University of Bordeaux School of Enology and take their DUAD exam for professional wine tasting. The guy who teaches it is Dr. Emile Peinot. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, unfortunately, they would teach it in French, so you have to learn to speak French. But there's a school in, at the University of Poitiers that I could send you to, and in nine months, you'd be speaking that. So I said, put me in, coach. So I went there, went to the school, learned French, went to the University of Bordeaux, got the degree. And I thought, great. You know, and then I thought, you know, while I'm over there, I had heard that there was an exam in London called the Master Sommelier exam. 
uh, and no American had ever climbed that mountain. There was only about 16 people in the world who had ever passed it. I flew to London, took it, and passed it. And I went, I think this is what I should be doing, <laughs> you know? And I love uh, to teach people. When I came back to the United States, I did a lot of little classes and stuff like that. And then uh, one day, I, uh, I, I started speaking corporately. Or, you know, I, I, did a, I took the Dale Carnegie public speaking course because I was terrified to speak. I took that course, and I felt more confident. And then I started trying to sell myself to audiences for 500 bucks. And I haven't looked back since, and uh, my, my day rate is 20 grand. You've taken this whole concept of great wines, you know, being the, the first in the United States. There's only a hundred and some odd right now in the country. 164, okay. So you're one of a very, very small group and so forth. And yet you decided to take it to a whole other level, food pairings, which we'll talk about in more detail before. And this whole idea of power entertaining, it's really about taking this for corporations and so forth to really make themselves different, set themselves apart from everybody else. And you do it through food and wine. Yeah, that's precisely it. Uh, what I tell people, you know, we're all trying to do business, find more clients. How are you doing that? You know, I mean, it behooves you to find um, ways to get people to like you. And maybe you do that by inviting someone out to play golf. Maybe you take them to a museum. Maybe you take them to a professional ball game. But that's what everybody else does. So it's not that special. How about you use food and wine, which I consider are the international currency for connection, have America's first master sommelier conduct an event, a luxury event, and you call these people up and say, we got Eddie Osterlin, he's drinking Domaine Le Fleuve Mont uh, We're gonna have it with caviar bumps and uh, we're sending a car to pick you up. Are you interested in coming to this event? And people come. How about this, New York City's got 25,000 restaurants. Why would, why would anybody go to uh, another, a restaurant again? You know, when you get all those choices. You know why? Pretty much because the Psalm did something to make your day. They created an experience. And if they do it well, people come back. They want to feel good again. They want to be, feel like number one. So I, I sometimes I tell people, you want, to, you want to have a restaurant experience that's good? It, it ain't enough to have an 8 o'clock reservation at the top restaurant. What, what do you need to do? Bond with the Psalm, your new best friend. Find the guy, make friends with him. And once you get to understand who he is, then... The next time you go and do an event for six or eight people, he knows, he, he, he knows the name of everybody in your party. You're coming in at eight o'clock at night for your reservation, and you know they're not giving you that, that silly phrase like, you know, your table is almost ready, Mr. Medley. Um, how about uh, you have a seat at the bar, and we'll let you know when it's ready. That's just a ploy to get your wallet to ding you for a drink. Or then they're gonna to try to sell you an intermezzo, that's a mouth cleanse, that's a palate cleanser. You know, sorbet infused with vodka. What a silly ass thing that is. I mean, there's, there, that's the dumbest course I've ever seen in my life. I went to a professional wine tasting school, your palate doesn't get dirty and it don't need any cleaning. <laughs> that's another wallet cleaner. You know, so I'm the kind of guy who comes in, salad, here's, the fa- here's our salad courses. We have the nine signature salads. I'm going to pass on the salad. You tell a food and beverage director you're going to pass on the salad course, a mild case of diarrhea starts up. <laughs> because we make them for 50 cents and sell for $10. You've got to have one salad. Please have a salad. Please, you know, have $6 shrimps. <laughs> you know, okay, and anybody that's listening to this, you've got to be thinking, that's not what I had in mind when I thought of a sommelier. We think of somebody stuffy, a Sebastian Cabot type and so forth. You've really combined all this knowledge with really kind of the psychology and having people, it sounds like a big part of what you sell is also having a great time. 
Yeah, it's all about creating an experience. I mean, it's not about what everybody else says, what you're competing is bringing people up to altitude with alcohol and stuffing them with a lot of food. Boozing and schmoozing, we call it. That's so old world, you gotta do it, you gotta create something where the people leave feeling like, I can't wait to throw a party or entertain some people because I've just learned a whole bunch of new skills on how to do it. You will hear more from Eddie Osterlin, master sommelier and author of Power Entertaining in just a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. And suddenly there she is, you want to be where she is. And this must be the start of something, this could be the heart of something, this could be the start of something great. The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit OrleansCasino.com. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! had gotten free at the five and was all alone in the end zone two yards in. That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have every week... Different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history. And if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally caught up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie. This is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C. Take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D. Help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. 
the internet. Nice single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute, where the artist wowed us and even won an Oscar for Best Picture, Blanca Nieves is a more worthy reminder of the unique art that ran rampant within the best of silent films. Wonderfully, this retelling of the Snow White fairy tale is not simply a children's bedtime story. True to the original Brothers Grimm, there is no sugarcoating of the evil at work. In this Spanish retelling, Antonio is a star bullfighter who has a very bad day. Showing off for the crowds and his pregnant wife, Antonio is gored savagely, leaving him a quadriplegic. While in surgery, his wife goes into labor, passing away during the delivery of their daughter, Carmen. In mourning over his condition and the loss of his beloved, Antonio shuns his daughter and succumbs to an evil temptress who absorbs his wealth and locks him away in the darkness. And what of Carmen? She is saved from evil by a troop of traveling bullfighting dwarfs who name her Blanca Nieves, Snow White in Spanish. But you know the story. Though the originality in this retelling is delightful, extra power resides in its reminder of the uniqueness of the silent acting form and in the beauty inherent in rich black and white imagery. Both a sight to behold. Blanca Nieves, not in theaters, discovery through rental. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to America's first master sommelier, Eddie Osterlin. I'm looking at it now in my mind completely different because I was one of those people, as you say, that accepted it as a beverage. And you picture a bunch of, again, snobbish people sitting there, you know, swishing around their mouth and spitting it out. You're talking about a whole other experience, which is really what the idea of this whole thing is about, right? I mean, that's, you know, you can take this information and go enjoy yourself when you're out on your own. Absolutely, and but when you're entertaining people, for example, another thing that's kind of nice about it is you've worked the deal out with the Psalm so that whenever you walk in that restaurant, he knows that you're going to give him 25% tip on whatever you order. The food is already ordered, so guess what? No check arrives, because no check should ever arrive. You've been there. Everybody's having a grand old time, and they drop his check in the middle of the table, and everybody gets mm, real quiet. Some people feign like, I might even help pay, <laughs> but whatever it is, game over. So I'm going, no. Do the thing, boom, 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 have these great wines that nobody's ever had before. And then they go, we got to do this again. You get up and you leave. So is that like, act like you've been there before, like in the old... Uh... They, think they think you must be a, a stockholder or something like that because they're treating you like a king. How about this? We go on a cruise ship. Oh, boy, a lot of people do that. Crystal Harmony, one of the best, you know? And uh, what's interesting about Crystal Harmony, I've done about a dozen of them, is that uh, when the people come into the dining room, and oh, by the way, there's 2,500 people every 13 days, and they all come into the dining room at 7.30 at night, all at once. There's 50 waiters, captains taking care of 50 people each. That's 2,500. And when you walk in and sit down, and you've all paid your seven or eight or $9,000, you want, you want to feel good. You want to have the best, you know? But 50 come in at once, so the waiter has to pick, well, who am I going to take care of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and last? 
And how does he do that? They're good, they're really good. Every 13 days they see a whole new boatload of people. They check out your ring, your wife's ring, you know, your watch, however you're wearing, what kind of drink you order, whatever. And they set up a little pecking order because they're pretty good at, at kind of figuring you out. And I tell people, and then at the end of the cruise, on the last day, they bring this little thing, it looks like a little toaster rack. It's silver and it's got envelopes. And those are the tipping envelopes that you should add $5 a day for the girl who cleans your room or something. And I'm going, here's how you do it, buddy. Get on a ship, okay? 7.20, not 7.30, first night. You walk in the dining room, you find out where your table's assigned. You probably don't have a window table because maybe you didn't spend $10,000. But you walk over to the guy who's obviously your captain because he's there, he's rubbernecking in the room. You check out, make sure you got the right guy. You plant a C note in his hand and go, Pierre, I'm on table 26, bring it. You know, another thing you do, which people think of a psalm, okay, obviously you know everything there is to know about wine. But how important is it to have the right food? There's three kinds of wines that exist as I see it. I call them the three B's of wine, beverage, better, and best. And beverage wines are the, the two-buck chuck to $7 yellowtail that you have as insurance from the neighbors and relatives who will drink, a, they'll pound a bottle each. 60% of my friends fit that category. So I have, a, I have a case of red and a case of white in a garage that are cheap. Then there's better wine. That's where the stuff retails about 35 bucks and people take note and go, wow, these are for your good friends. You know, wow, that's a nice Pinot Noir. I smell a cherry cola, something like that and then there's the best wine. The best wine starts at about 100 bucks a bottle retail, and now the game, now I get anal. So in some cases, for the best wine, the wine is more important than the food. I'm gonna choose food to play a subordinate role so it doesn't threaten the taste of this delicate wine, and what do I use? Chicken. Chicken is like a Q-tip with some attitude. It's not gonna threaten your food, your wine. So I'm teeing up the wine, putting the food down here. It's enough to eat, but it's, the wine's the star. Here, when wine's dirt cheap, the food's the star, and in between, both of them are playing with each other. So ideally, you'd like to have the food and wine amplify each other. That's kind of sort of the goal. You will hear more from Master Sommelier Eddie Osterlin next week as we continue our conversation with this superstar from the world of fine wines. Time now, though, for another Vegas Art Minute with Brett Maley, art expert from the hit show Pawn Stars. Gotta ask you, there's a great email piece that you put out. I've been really enjoying them. They have some of the things we're talking about, other little things, just really interesting things. If you have any interest in this at all, you'll love. How does somebody get involved? In, how, do, how do they get this sent to their email? You know what you need to do is visit our website, which is www.artencounter.com. It's a great site. Obviously, you're much better off seeing art in person, but you'll get a good sense of the type of art that we represent, and there'll be an option, I think, right when you go to the homepage to sign up for our newsletter. And we're, we're, we don't do you know mass mailings. We don't send out you know daily emails or anything, but about once a week, you'll get an email. And we're, what you alluded to, Steve, was uh, our art fun fact, where we try to send out fun little tidbits on specific artist masters that maybe you know you, you wouldn't know or would you know you'd find fun and might want to tell your friends so I've been kind of coming up with that and I've been learning about a lot of these masters that I thought I knew uh, everything about so it's fun and it's available at the same place you can find out all about Brett Maley and his family's wonderful gallery it's at artencounter.com time now to introduce a new feature it's called luxury living Vegas style which looks at real estate tips and advice, as well as a look at the Las Vegas real estate market. Our conversation weekly will be with realtor Gady Madrano, who starred in Flipping Vegas on A&E. 
talk a little about some of the differences. I mean, the old days, you would you pick your open house day, right? And you'd put your ad in here. I guess it would be the Review Journal. If it was in the Bay Area, it was in the Mercury News and in the Chronicle. And it would all work that way. Now it's completely different. You, you've got to know technology to succeed. Oh, this is the Internet age, without a doubt. If you are not up to date with tech... In, in multiple categories, you will be left behind 100%. And that's with regard to marketing properties, it's with regard to um, just getting leads because a lot of people that are, are buyers, the, among the first things that buyers do is they look online. What are houses looking like? And they'll go to Zillow, they'll go to all these different sites, Redfin, et cetera, uh, Craigslist, you know, whatever. And they're just generally casually looking at. So you have to be able, so just lead generation for your business as a realtor, you have to know internet, CRM, just just keeping in contact and, and just maintaining those relationships. Also critical, everything is technology-based and all different platforms of marketing, whether it be to a consumer, uh, to get leads or to get potential customers or to get or to get a property sold, it, all of it. We're in the internet age. I don't. I don't. I don't remember the last time I did um, a newspaper ad, as you just mentioned. You know, the newspapers online. You know, we have the directories. And sometimes I've done some mailers and stuff. And and you know, you go back to to the old school. You know, because I've been there. I lived that, and I had some success. But it always has to be in conjunction with technology. You have to automate things. You have to use the highest level of of effectiveness with regards to even managing your time and and things like that. It's it's, it's we're in, we're in a new world. <laughs> it's technology. You can find out more about Gady at www.gadyrealestate.com with Gady spelled G-A-D-Y. Join us again next week as you'll hear part two of my conversation with Master Sommelier Eddie Osterlin. Have a great week. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva The action is hot, the atmosphere cool, and the parking is free. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, over 1,800 rooms, 70 lanes of bowling, an 18-screen movie theater, 8,000-seat arena, fabulous dining, virtual reality, a giant race and sports book, and the biggest stars are in the Orleans showroom. The Orleans Hotel and Casino, two blocks west of the Strip, minutes from the airport, with rooms starting at $45. This is how you Vegas. The Orleans Hotel and Casino. Visit orleanscasino.com.